Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast where we talk to interesting people. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Hey, Scott Ackerman isn't using it anymore for Comedy Bang Bang. So now this is the podcast where we talk to interesting people. Comedy Bang Bang, that's America's podcast. This, this here is the podcast where we talk to interesting people. <laughs> And we have a great guest today, a very interesting guest. It's writer, actress, comedian, improviser, improv coach, Phoebe Tires. She gives a lot of really great info on acting for sketch and also coaching improv and improv in general and stage performance. Really, really great stuff that she shares. So let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Phoebe Tires. You are from Washington State, but you went to the new school, right? And that's, is, is that when you moved here and stayed in New York City? Yes. Okay. I, um, I left the small island I'm from. <laughs> I'm from an island called Bainbridge Island, and I graduated high school, and I went to the big city. I said, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to New York City. And... Uh, I moved to New York, and sorry, I'm getting like a spam call on my. They're probably they're trying to get me to pay my school loans, probably. Um, <laughs> getting some call on my phone. Anyway, I am. Um, yeah, I went to college at the Eugene Lang, um, which is the liberal arts division of the New School University. Mm -hmm. And you studied playwriting and directing there, which I imagine. That's right. Yeah, uh, which I imagine came in handy when you were writing. Uh, at any at any point later in your career, like at characters welcome. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I started with sketch at um at Magnet uh, on a t a couple of teams, and then Stockton was the team that I really flourished on, and um, it was interesting to go from playwriting to sketch. That was a jump. Yeah, how, they're not how so? Can you describe uh, what that jump was like? Well, I mean, sketch is really just about like a very one one thing that's fun that we can heighten, right? So you you don't have to take a lot of time to sort of get into character and all this other stuff. And in playwriting, you are never just writing usually like a five page play. You're writing like this whole thing, mm -hmm. um, or it's based around some sort of bigger theme or you know it's not as um condensed playwriting you're allowed to sort of have it, you know if you come away from a play feeling like well i know exactly what one thing that play was about then it's not going to be a very good play uh -huh. um you you want it to inspire lots of different ideas lots of different characters and things like that whereas in sketch you're going to have the most successful sketch if one pattern builds really, really well and uh -huh. surprises you. So um, that was weird. That was weird to go from like, oh, but this guy, you know, like I, because I had so many more ideas for uh, something. So a sketch would turn into eight pages. And it's just like, no, that's not, 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden, I got rid of all of that shit, and I was pretty much only bringing in one page to a sketch room of just like, here's my first first uh, joke or second joke. Like sometimes it would be first two beats, and then we would all just talk about what the next beats are. So I got really good at narrowing down and just being very specific. I really like hearing the distinction between those. And yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think either with actors too, they mm-hmm. they struggle to go from sketch to um, from like regular acting to sketch acting. Yeah, I mean, Lots I've auditioned a couple of times, and I don't have sketch acting chops or like a process that would work for sketch. You don't? I don't think so. I guess that's why I didn't get cast. <laughs> because, oh, I mean, I I'm thinking more like, uh, you know, I think, um, like you're saying, it's like, it has to be more immediate, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I am activating things as immediately as they need to. It is true that, and it's a skill that you can, like, learn and get better at. So it's uh-huh. not like, if it's something that you really want to do, of course you can. Um, but it is timing. Timing is so sharp in sketch and comedy. Uh, whereas in a drama, you have all this time to develop emotional stakes. Mm-hmm. And in comedy, it's just like, we just want to get, we need to get there. It's weird. It's like you need to, in comedy, you need to tell people uh, everything that's going on right away and yeah. then do the thing. Right. Whereas in a play or in drama, you you want that suspense or that like, it can be all drawn out in a yeah, different yeah, way. Yeah, you have so, to build to it. <laughs> and have, uh, yeah, and like, yeah, I don't know. I think actors, it's, it's interesting to see that that can be kind of challenging. For mm-hmm. It's not the easiest jump to make to just go do sketch pro, uh, performing. And then there's a lot of sketch comedy people who who can't go backwards, you know, can't do drama mm-hmm. at all, you know? Yeah. So it can't be real, can't can't uh get the wash the clown off right i get it yeah when so you started right after college doing sketch at magnet no i actually didn't get started until later in life i Uh after college i had a um, theater company with an ex-boyfriend of course you know (laughs) of course we broke up and the theater company fell apart (laughs) but we had started a company together in college and um the uh, Lang Theater Collective, some mm-hmm. dumb name, but uh, my my school didn't have a lot of um, student theater. It was just like we they do like a couple of productions a year, and you know, directed by some fancy person in New York, some indie director or whatever. And so we started our own theater company to do um, sh- uh, short one acts. So okay. I wrote one acts, and like they'd be like ten to twenty pages long, you know, not mm-hmm. not long pieces. And then we kept that going after college and then for about two years and I did several one act festivals and put my plays up and with the company and then he and I broke up and I, it just stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, that's, I was just like working at a, at a, like an art factory making mirror buttons for a, John Darian, who's an artist in New York, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Mm. Uh, you know, I I wanted to do my own plays. Still, I, I submitted to my own um, uh, by myself to like one accessibles and got into a few. So I did those in the meantime, but I wasn't really like in a community, you know. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine was like, "You want to take an improv class?" And I was like, "Hell no!" 
that's looks ridiculous. <laughs> I had looked at the UCB website and it had all these people smiling in shirts. And I just was like, you know, I don't smile in shirts. I don't like laugh at things. It just didn't <laughs> seem appealing to me. Like all these pictures of people like laughing really hard. I was like, this looks stupid. <laughs> But I didn't know what else is it then with Magnet. I didn't look up Mag. I didn't see Magnet like was so low key and mm-hmm. it just seemed not like, hey, we're going to get it's going to be funny. You see me, you know, I just didn't mm-hmm. buy into that shit. Mm-hmm. So I went and took a fucking class with my friend and then started interning so I could pay for more classes. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. that was your um, that's what led you to Magnet. Yeah, I was I was 25. I wasn't. I mean, I guess that's still young, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like there are a lot of people that start class, in college, like yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and just in college. I hadn't done anything like that. Um, I hadn't done any improv, just just theater shit. I was a theater yeah. person, but not like an annoying theater person. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, did like you start did, doing yeah. stuff at UCB? Because you the characters welcome stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I got a, on a team at Magnet. Like I got on to the music industry, uh-huh. and a long-running, so like, popular team in the Magnet history. Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was at the time. No one knows about it anymore because that's what happens when a team dies. Like they never existed. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I still hear. Just the other day, I heard someone talk about the music industry. Well, how do you like that? Of course, I don't. I I just think it's like no one knows it because I I coach and people are like, "Were you ever on a team?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I was. yeah." yeah that... For six years, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But uh, yeah, after I got on the music industry, and that was really fun. And uh, I was doing Stockton. No, I don't even know if I was doing sketch yet. But um, I started taking classes at UCB because I was mm. like, "Fuck it, I don't know." I've already like reached. You know, I've got my goals here at at Magnet, and now I'm doing that, so mm-hmm. I might as well start over at UCB, and um, I got into advanced study and everything, but I just didn't, I didn't have them, they couldn't intern there, because it's impossible to get an internship, Yeah, so um, and and I was also working as a bartender, and a story pirate, and all this stuff, so I didn't really have time to uh, intern anyway, um, and those classes are expensive, just like Magnet, and mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I got into advanced study and then I stopped. Uh, and then I, I, I took a character class at, with John Bander and that's how I was eligible to audition for a character's uh, welcome. Um, but I had been doing character shows along with a lot of people who, some of whom direct characters welcome, like Frank Howe, Frank uh-huh. Garcia Howe. And, um, and he always really liked me. He was my teacher for level one at UCB. And he he just always thought it was funny. And I did a bunch of character shows with him. And I knew I was going to be auditioning in front of him. And I just knew I had some guy in that room that just got me. He just thought I was funny. And it really helps, man, to have somebody who thinks what you do is funny. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> I think I mean... it helps because, like, I didn't know Justin or Shannon O'Neill, mm-hmm. and um, I auditioned and I got on Characters Welcome. So, yeah, and you knows? did some writing for a series that was Characters Welcome. Um, I 
I don't think so. Well, I might have. I don't There's remember. There's something on your IMDb that um, oh yeah, it's a it's a writing credit, and it's just called "Characters Welcome" TV series short, but it doesn't say. I, I can't see what mm. it aired on. Dude, I don't remember. At this point, it's been like maybe. I think that was 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. 2017, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I've done so much shit, especially during that time. Yeah. I was doing, I was so busy. Mm-hmm. I was, because I, I also did a podcast for four years that I was doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what I fucking did. <laughs> yeah, I also have a credit as being in that. You're like Stevie Nicks and. Uh, oh yeah, well that's. But you do have a lot um, of shorts out there because I saw a recent one that you were in um, called "They Follow." Yeah. That you were very. Funny so I did in. Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Comedy Central original. Hmm. Um, I've done two of those. Same director, which is rad. I didn't have to audition because I don't know. Sometimes you just don't have to audition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's nice when that. <laughs> <laughs> I had one yeah, of those recently, yeah. or, or a couple years ago, I guess. And uh, yeah, yeah. it was just someone I knew, and he was like, oh, Jason could do this. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I just love that. <laughs> so, yeah, I did the Comedy Central They Follow and I Curling. Um, and those were really fun. And that was after, yeah, so I've, I've done JFL. I've done JFL twice, but I didn't. I decided not to audition this last round. Mm-hmm. Um what were you going to, yeah. when you've done JFL, what have you done? Was it sketch stuff or was it? It was all, it was all character. Character work. Okay. I, mean, I didn't know they had yeah. that just for laughs. That's cool. Yeah. They have characters. It's a lesser known and what, and um, yeah, it's part of the just for laughs, but stand up is, is really. Their main like the, bag. Yeah. The main, their main thing. And, but they've been doing characters and yeah, you get it. And, um, it can be, it can be a really good uh, thing for someone's career, but it could also just be another thing on your resume. You just never know yeah. um, what it's going to do for you. Right. And my two, I did two seasons of Characters Welcome, and I was able to develop enough material in that to get me through two auditions. And I got callbacks both times, and they talked to my manager. They liked me. Um, they wanted me to do a specific thing this time around, and I said I just wasn't ready to rewrite or like write a bunch of shit for them. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And yeah. the characters, it's fun. I like. I I'm, I'm a weird comedy person because I like <laughs> to do comedy, but I I don't love, uh, doing it. I don't know. I I don't know how to explain it. I have to do it because. It's how I see the world, how the world filters through me. Mm-hmm. So I have to do some kind of comedy thing, and I need to be around people who can laugh at death because I just need that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm not like a super, like, I can't wait to bring my wig to a show and do my bit. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not. I will, and I have, and I've done it, but I. it's not. <laughs> I don't know how to. <laughs> explain it and characters welcome or char- jfl i mean it's just it's competitive characters comedy you know it's just like you have to really want this shit you know yeah. there's people out there uh talking out of their buttholes begging for 
care for someone to tell you, that, you know, you're funny. Here's just for laughs. You know, I just mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just like, I can't, can't compete with that. I hear you. Um, what is different about that? You know, like bringing your wig to do your bit than uh, doing plays for you, or is it was it a similar? Well, sort that's of why thing? I left theater. So that's mm. what's weird is that like I did theater. Um, I was doing one acts and I did a couple of festivals during which I was taking improv uh, at the time, and the uh, theater people were so snotty mm. and. Um, pretentious and like I I wrote a play called season one which was uh, just basically making fun of everybody watching um, only being able to relate uh, to each other through TV Mm -hmm. uh, TV shows and it was a comedy and very broken up uh, language and fun Um, but every theater um, every play before and after mine was like about an abortion or about like a molestation or about, you know, and it just felt really contrived. And I just was like, this is also shitty. Like, where do I go where I, people aren't being so contrived and begging for uh, tears and begging for, um, you know, just taking advantage of these big emotional um, things that happen to people in their lives so they can get some, play. yeah, to get some sort of yeah. like sympathy or not for their own uh, experience, but for no. something that's out in the world. Yes. Yeah. And it's not that hard to, uh, drama is not that hard. It's, it's comedy's hard. Yeah. Um, it looks easy, but it's not at all. But it's, I mean, I was friends with some of these people or I worked with some of these people who like, you know, dudes basically that pretentious uh, playwrights that would just be like, I'm like, my play is about this woman. She's a rape. She's been raped, and um, she has to get an abortion or something like that. And I'm like, what do you listen? I'm not trying to say that a man or that people can't write from not their own experiences. I don't. I want people to use their imaginations, and I want people to try to see the world through other people's eyes. But why but are so many doing contrived. that? Right. Yeah, it just felt like, dude, you're just taking advantage of those two things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, anyway, so I wanted to get out of the um, theater world because of that. So I was like, this sucks. Everyone's pretentious. Everyone's like, you know, I, I just didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't belong. I just didn't fit in there. And then mm-hmm. that's when I found comedy. And now I've been doing comedy for so long that I've found where I don't fit in here either. Whereas it's the same, like, these. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm begging for laughs, just like I don't want to be in a situation where I'm begging for tears. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't, there's, I just don't like the, I guess, the extremes of either. Um, I get that. I mean, I think I see it a lot with, well, I shouldn't say I see it a lot, because most of what I see uh, in, as far as character work and character pieces are, they seem to come from a sincere place. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they're good. But I have gotten a whiff of the sort of culture within the, well, if I want to get on SNL, then I have to have character pieces. So they'll put a bunch of stuff up that's not, that's contrived, you know, like like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as sincere or as fun as, you know, some of the stuff that I that I like the most. <laughs> like Elena Scopetto's yeah. like doing great character work yeah. and character shows. And all of that is very... Uh, uh, 
organic feeling. You know, it doesn't feel insincere at all. Right. No, that's ex- maybe you're you're um, clarifying things way better than I am. Insincere <laughs> is exact is a great word for it, and authentic or yeah, just feeling like these characters are coming from a a real place, you know, rather mm-hmm. than I've got to have a thing up for slapped up sake. Yeah. Right. I think that's where a lot of like online comedy can fall into that category of insincere, where it's like, oh, you know, I have to have a thing a day on Twitch or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch Twitch. Oh, but, yeah. oh my but God. I felt like Vine very much got that way, where there were a couple things that seemed new and fresh and fun. And then all of the other videos that they made, you know, a particular individual would make, they all felt like forced in such a way that um, it just seemed like, well, why are you doing this then at all if you have to force it? And it's because it's, it's quote unquote, what you do. Yeah. If you want to get ahead, yeah. if you want to get a career in acting, then this is what you do. And that's how a lot of internet comedy is coming off. It's not, it doesn't have that it doesn't come from that place of sincerity. It comes from a place of, but it's what you do. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, I know. And I don't like and, a lot of and that And I don't comedy. belong in it. Mm, yeah, so I, don't, I don't participate in it very much. Yeah, and, it's, and I don't think it's the only way. I have tons of friends who, who work in comedy or, or showrunners and blah, blah, blah. Writers for TV shows who don't have an online presence and don't have a Twitter and don't, you know. Yeah. Um, it can... It can help you get in certain rooms, but it's not the only thing that people um, are looking at. I mean, there are still worlds out there that actually care uh, about your, you know, what you have to show that's not just online um, Mm -hmm. stuff. But it is easy to get sucked into. Um, And, yeah, post three times a day, man. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it is... Similar to that balance, that weird balance that um, has to be struck that's sort of like, I guess, people, actors taking improv classes because they were told to. It's like, yes, Mm -hmm. improv is a great training ground for acting. However, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of insincere students because they are taking a class. I'm not saying all the students, but I'm saying they're there are a lot of insincere students who are only taking the class because their agent told them to. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's good for an actor to take an improv class for the right reasons, but when they take it for the wrong reasons, then I think it gets in the way of the, you know, of their growth and everyone else's. And it's that same sort of thing here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, it's been a long time, but I know, well, I know that when directing actors, like I'm working on this other play right now with people who, who aren't used to improv, um, and it's interesting how, I mean, I just take it for granted, like the mm-hmm. sketch and improv work that I've, uh, and also being on set, like in Search Party, just how much my improv really made it possible for me to um, go with the flow with a lot of these things, and I'll tell actors when I'm directing Oh, you know, let's just change this right here and let's do this now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just it just really disrupts their world a little bit. It's like too much new information. They had it. I they they memorized their line. They know where they're <laughs> right. supposed to stand. Um, 
you know, or it's all about the emotional stuff or something like that. So it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to feel that in the moment. It's like, well, we, you know, it's about timing too, just like in sketch. You, know, you have to like hit the mark and I don't know. It's just interesting to watch. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. And, and it, uh, when I started really getting commercial auditions and uh, they were asking for us to improvise, I wasn't thrown off by that. Um, like some people. Were. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. it is a help in that regard for certain. Yeah. Uh, speaking of acting and probably utilizing some of your improv skills, you were in search party. You, you had a, yeah. a character named April who appeared several times in search party on TBS. Uh, what was that experience? Like, how did you land that role? Well, we just uh, shot season four, by the way. Um, so there's only two seasons out right now, but there's reason, uh, season three and season four will be coming out. I think season three is coming out this summer and four will be in the fall. So, um, yeah, some, a lot out. of busy people involved with that show. So I guess that's the yes. reason for the extension. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually it's, it's a longer story, but it's going to be coming out on HBO max. Oh, okay. Uh, the HBO is putting out a new app. And so we're not on, it's not going to be on TBS anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, anyway, I got cast in search party. So my friend, Charles Rogers, and he and I met in level one uh, mm -hmm. improv at magnet. And then we took every class together and we became friends pretty quickly in level one and ended up getting on, having an indie team together and then ended up getting on the same house team together. And, through all that, he directed a movie called Fort Tilden, which he cast my twin sister and I in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that he blew up from that. Like, it won South by Southwest. Oh, wow. And it, yeah, Best Narrative. And uh, he and his writing partner got offered an opportunity to write a script um, with Michael Showalter. And they wrote Search Party. And Charles wrote uh, that part for me. It was inspired. He least that's what he wanted. He wanted. He saw me playing April, and he basically pulled as many strings as he could to have it be possible that I played April for the pilot. So what they were going to do is shop around the shoot the pilot, shop it around the networks, and I ended up being April in the pilot. Now there was no guarantee that um, I would then get to play April for the actual show. They they recast other parts from the pilot when the show got picked up. Mm -hmm. So I was really scared up until the point that I got the, they started shooting season one that I was going to lose, that they were going to just reshoot my scene with some other oh. like name or something. Um, but I, I scored well, I guess with the screen tests and um, they kept me cause I, you know, I had no prior, I was just an improv fucking theater person, you know, mm -hmm. like I was not, really pursuing the world at all. Um, I don't even know what the fuck I was doing. And uh, I got the part and had to, had to figure out how to be an actor <laughs> um, <laughs> in a TV show. Cause I'd never done anything like that. I never took yeah. it. You know, I never, I was always like directing and playwriting and I always wanted to be behind the scenes and stuff. I wasn't really a big, um, uh, I want to take the limelight type of type of person. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I think the best thing about my improv that was there is that they did want me to improvise lines after the lines that they had written. Like at the end of this, at the end of the scene, they like to see you just go off. So I had to do that a couple of times. Um, and things change a lot on their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, scripts change a lot. There was many times where they were like, can you just say this instead and do this instead? And yeah. the pressure is not like sketch show because sketch show is like, oh, whatever, who gives a fuck? Ten people <laughs> saw that. Um, the pressure is really, really high on set because you have hundreds of thousands of dollars looking at you basically in camera equipment, tons of people working. And um, you, they're just, they need you to do your job now. Like they're right. all doing theirs. They need you to fucking get it. And they need you to get it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within five takes. Like you can't be like just doing it over and over and over again, you know? Right. So, no, I totally know what you mean. The and that's, pressure is on. Yeah. And like that's, that cast is, you know, something, I mean, Alia Shawkat and John Early, I mean, they're, they they have such a presence too, so and and mm-hmm. rhythm that you really do have to be able to just nail it quickly. Yeah, it's you don't want to uh, get fired because they'll fire you. Yeah, that's another thing. People, you don't you don't you're not in a show until it's on TV. Right. That's when you know you're in a fucking show. Right. Like you'll get paid for the days that you're on set, but you don't your shit's gone or they recast you or you're done, you know, like yeah, it's happened. It's you happened. have to be good. You have to show up. Yeah. Eric so, yeah. Stoltz was Marty McFly at one point. You I know. know. Like they shoot a whole movie with you in it and you're not there. Like, <laughs> well, he, just... he did three weeks and his shoulder oh, still right. shows up in that, but, uh, two or three weeks. But yeah, I mean, if it's not working, they're going to have to go with somebody else. Yeah, so then that pressure is always on. I'm I'm happy that I fit into that group. Although April is an outcast in the show, uh-huh. so I you know I don't play like a wealthy person, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know true to my life. I'm not a wealthy person, but um, I play like you know an angry neighbor um, who says fuck a lot. And um, <laughs> well, that's why it's on know, HBO like Max now. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, in fact, actually, I did have to change. I did. They did take out. I did have to not say fuck a lot. Um, yeah, I, I remember them telling me not to say fuck, <laughs> but I could say I could say things like baby dick, um, which just sounds really gross. That I just said that. I'm sorry. I said baby dick on your podcast, but um, at one point, I call somebody a baby dick, and um, but I couldn't just call him a dick. It's weird. You can't. That's so. That's so weird. Yeah. Some of the things yeah. that they let fly is just bonkers. Yeah, it's really weird. The stuff that it's um, like, no, that's inappropriate. Oh, this is fine, and it's like way worse. The thing they're saying is fine. I'm, I might be wrong. I probably couldn't have just. I, I you can't. I don't know. Maybe you can just call someone a dick. All I know <laughs> I is know. I got away with saying. Some. It depends dick. on the network too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you just, it needs to be like a person's body part, but not a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it can't be like shit or sorry. You can't just yeah. say. No, no, you're right. Or, I don't it's, know. It's something, there was something weird when, um, you two accepted like a golden globe. So it was on NBC on network television and Bono said, this is pretty fucking awesome. And it 
wasn't bleeped and people were like, oh, are they going to get, you know, is NBC going to get fined and all this stuff? And basically what came down was like, no, because he said it was fucking awesome. He didn't say that he's like going to. But like if he if he said apparently oh if he said God. if he was gonna go f his wife, it would have been <laughs> yeah it would have been a problem. Weird context. So yeah. weird. So like much- <laughs> the word I thought was the problem. It's now the context. All right. <laughs> okay. I mean, think there's. I guess they're maybe they're just making adjustments to how you'd be like, fuck yeah, man, and like that. But no, I don't know, man. It's I don't so know. Weird. All I know is that on search party, I say. I say a lot of stuff, um, but I do say I can smell your dick from here, you piece of shit. And I don't know. (laughs) You don't know what's. I think shit. Something was bleeped out, and I think they just bleed out shit. So, so I can say I can smell your because dick, I guess, isn't a bad word. I don't know why I think they've they've allowed it to be. When at one point I think it wasn't, but then there are other words that were on the same level that are still. No, no nos. I, I don't get it. Um, I don't, get I don't it. have a problem. I don't get it. All I know yeah, is that my character is that type. Okay. He says the wrong things and <laughs> freaks out. And, um, yeah, so. Well, we'll be uh, looking forward to it uh, and the cussing on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, me too. Fuck, I hope it fucking comes out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean, the other thing about the industry is like you never know when stuff is really going to come out, and you have to I hold, know, exactly. Sometimes you can't say anything because I'm in something yeah. that I can't say anything about, and it's not a big oh, thing. It's you. not like well, thank you, but it's not like getting a, a search party. I don't think, but um, it's um, but it's cool. You know, it's a cool gig. I can't say anything about it, and. Uh, they have yet to announce the dates that it's coming out. I've, I just, so I just, I'm, I'm just sitting on this thing for like a while, <laughs> and who wow, knows when they'll put so it out? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's shift to your coaching because, um, and just you know, not that transparency is needed for this, but you are the coach of. A, a, a team, a house team at the Magnet that girlfriend of the show, Justina, is on. And you coached her in a previous team that she was on. And she raves about yeah. you. She loves you. Um, okay. And, yes. I mean, you're you're maybe not aware, but you're pretty popular. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I have never... <laughs> if that's true, if... I know people know about me, maybe, but I've never thought that people would be saying nice things about me. Well, they do. And I mean, I remember <laughs> there was somebody, I think it was Robin McNamara was saying like a couple of years ago when we were still taking classes, she was like, oh, Phoebe Tires, like she is, she's so legit. She's like a big deal. She's on search party and all. <laughs> like, she's so good. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable or if you don't. No, that's great. You know, want to feel like you're you're getting a, a big head about it or anything. But, you know, people really admire and respect you in, in the improv community and comedy community. Well, here, I have so. no idea. Honestly, no idea about that. Because <laughs> everybody I'm coming up with, everyone I've worked with is all, you know, I especially from the music industry. I mean, uh, Lauren Ashley Smith, who now writes for um, the, is the head runner, head writer for the um, Black Lady Sketch Show. Oh, wow. She was on my team. Um, Branson Reese, he's like, yeah. uh, you know, Twitter famous or whatever, sells his cartoon t-shirts and just sold, uh, 
I mean, I don't know if it's like actually news that I'm supposed, but he's selling his, he's selling like, he's selling shows right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, That's another vague guy enough, that was that on my clean. team, <laughs> Brian Frangi, he's like a showrunner for a net, uh, Netflix show in LA. Um, my, my boyfriend who was on uh, UC, uh, TMI also like was a writer for WWE and then Charles Rogers oh, wow. writes for search. I mean, his search party. Like I, the people that I was around a lot, and another friend of mine I used to improv with all the time, uh, writes for a new show that's going to be on Peacock. Like oh, wow. these are all the people that I was doing improv with, and mm-hmm. so none of them are like complimenting me. You know, everyone's like <laughs> doing really well. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure around. they are. I'm, not, I'm sure know. if I saw Branson and said like, "Hey, I just talked to Phoebe Tires," he'd be like, "She's great." Yeah, no, he he actually is. You know, it, totally, and we're all friends. Point is, is that these are people I've come up with, so I mm-hmm. know also how they're struggling, and we also right. know how we're we're the pressure of where where these things are, and so it's not like oh yay we made it you know I'm on a TV show I'm writing for this show blah 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 it's like the pressure's on yeah. you know you don't know when the last paycheck's gonna be yeah. you know you just so point being like I don't have a big head in fact I'm very humble because I. I'm not living that L.A. lifestyle yet, you know. Some of these people, like my friend Charles, who writes for Search Party and is very successful, at this point he's like in a new, he's in a total different um, world than I am. You know, Mm. we're still friends, and we hung out a lot while he he was shooting Search Party here. But he's like, you know, friends with people's famous celebrities' daughters (laughs) and stuff. You know what I mean? Like he's just in that world now. Yeah. And um, they, like, buy stuff. They can, like, afford things. <laughs> it's just, like, a different <laughs> world. Yeah, um, I totally get what you're saying. And it's it's wild to see that. And you're right, though. There is this other side that you're seeing where people are like, yeah, I had a good couple of months, and now I'm not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's what I see, and that's how I feel. Right. And I so hearing that people think that I'm doing well or that people think that I uh, have something to offer or that they want to learn, you know, take advice about improv from me. Like, that's always nice to hear because uh, I'm just sitting here going, holy shit, what am I going to do next? You know, all the time. Right. Yeah, well, let's talk about your coaching because having a background in playwriting and directing, I imagine you're utilizing some of those skills as, a, yeah. as an improv coach. What is your... focus mostly when you coach teams? Um, That's a good question. Um, I do, I do think that because I've directed a lot in my life, it is, I have a good um, ability to see the whole picture a lot. Mm -hmm. You see a show as, as not just a bunch of scenes that don't connect. Mm -hmm. Obviously in improv, we want them all to connect. And that's what I push on, um, on improvisers who are at a level that can handle that. Now, not all improvisers are ready to see the whole show. You know, they just really want to make sure they get their scene, the scene that they're in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But I'm trying to push them always to see all the other scenes as a part of their, their scene. And then, you know, jump into, or not even just to always be in other people's scenes, but like, Mm -hmm know what's going on in their scene so that you can use it in yours, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
at least by the end of a Herald, you should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I w- it's hard to answer that question because I coach at so many different levels of improv. Right, right. And um, people need different things. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think most importantly, I want people um, to have a little bit more fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, that's like the most important, um, most important thing, which is also the lamest thing I've ever said. Um, <laughs> but it is this thing of, lame. you know, I totally get what you mean, but yeah, it is, it is something to have fun with, but it is sort of also like, I even heard Conan O'Brien say like it, <laughs> one of his writers would just to mess with him just to anger him before a show is just say like, Hey man, uh, just have fun out there because <laughs> it's not yeah, really a great note in that it's, moment. It, it's so true though. Um, I think <laughs> the most important thing is it's something I work a lot with, with improvisers is trusting those first few ideas that you have and holding on to and creating patterns as quickly and quickly, uh, as quickly as you can. Um, I think in, um, certain training, like we're just kind of like wandering around trying to discover things. And Mm -hmm. I think you have it within the first three or four lines of the scene, no matter what. I mean, that's how I feel about improv. Um, And this isn't a hard and fast rule at all. That's another thing that I'm always talking to people about. Like, there really is no rule in improv. Sure, there are things that you don't want to say because they are um, either they're very offensive, you know, or like not PC in any way. but at the end of the day, there's no rules. If that does happen, how do we, I mean, this is where I come from, especially in a practice room where people might slip up and say something rather than just going, Oh, oops, I didn't, I can't believe I said that. How do we use that? How do we, how do improvisers um, take care of an issue with, with a character that might say something wrong? And how do we create catharsis with that thing? How do we show how the world is cruel with that thing? Um, I don't want people to uh, jump away from any of their ideas. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like impossible to trust or let any of your fucking ideas come out of your head. Mm-hmm. And then to suppress that um, process is, I don't, I try not to get any suppression. If you have an idea, fucking walk out. If you think you're steamrolling, I'll let you know, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll I don't, I, cause I came up through, I came up with some of the funniest I mean, everyone has funny people in their generations of improv, but these these were really funny fucking guys who were in every scene. And mm-hmm. I had to really, if I didn't do my damnedest, I would not be in the show. Like, it just wasn't going to happen, you know? So yeah. you have to push your way. You have to push your way into the this improv sometimes. Um, but now I'm seeing people are way, way too polite. That's how I feel about improv now. I think times have changed and culture's different, which is great. But people are really polite uh, improvisers. They don't necessarily, um, I don't mean polite just like uh, nice to each other. No, no, I totally get what you mean. Because I I have the same struggle with trying to define what you're trying to define. Because there is like Uh a politeness and people are like, oh, no, no. but But it is a sort of hesitation to go out and start a scene because you don't want to potentially step on anyone's toes who also has not gone out yet. 
It's like yeah, done. The, stupid, the correct politeness, there. yeah. The correct po- politeness is once someone has started a scene, you don't step on their toes and you don't steamroll them. Yeah. But yeah, if a person, if if there's just that beat in between uh, an edit or uh, once we've gotten a suggestion and it's time to get out there. If you have an idea, just go ahead and get out there. You're not being impolite by not letting someone else go out there first. Like, I, I, yeah. I guess I, I get really not uncomfortable, but I get worried sometimes when there's too long of a pause between scenes. Um, I, I think it's because I come from radio where like dead air is yeah. the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't have yeah. you can't a second of dead air is like a million years in radio. So it's that sort of feeling uh, when I'm in improv and it's like, oh, someone needs to be going out. Um, so like, you know, if you're starting all the scenes, maybe that's impolite, but if you're just going out before anyone else, because a new scene needs to start, uh, and you haven't been hogging the stage, you're not being impolite, but people think that they are. Yeah. Yeah. They might, it's just a little too timid, a little too, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think everything in improv is a gift. So I would encourage people to follow their feet at any time Mm -hmm. um and if i were to see that somebody was taking uh too many chances with that then yeah i'd be like you know maybe we just sit on those ideas for a second see make sure i mean obviously if you try and fail hopefully you learned why Mm -hmm. and so i'm expecting people to be like oh cool i just i just walked into somebody's scene it didn't do well. Nobody laughed. Maybe I could make sure I'm supporting the scene better next time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's, it only pays off if you're if you're hitting the game. If you're mm-hmm. hitting something funny, or if you're exposing the game, or whatever it is. Um, right. And that's why I don't want to. I I don't tell people not to do it because I want them to see what it feels like to do it right and do that. You know. Yeah. Um, because I, I play with a lot of people we're always stepping on each other it's like impossible to get a single idea out a lot of the time and instead of being like my idea didn't get we just <laughs> are excited by everybody else's contribution to, to the thing yeah. and um, it's great to get to that place but I'm coaching a house team that's been together just over a little six months mm-hmm. so I mean they still have a lot to um, learn about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not time to take risks. I mean, yes, they're, they're uh, going to get more you, comfortable. Yeah. Right. And then, right. and then those risks aren't going to feel like risks. Although exactly. I do, I will like push people to do that, but that's what I do in rehearsals. I will set up scenarios mm-hmm. that make people like walk on. Let's, let's mm-hmm. see what this feels like. And, um, See if anybody, like the other day we did an exercise where you just had to raise your hand when you knew what the game was in a scene. Not the two people in the scene, they just do a two-person scene and then everyone on the outside has to like raise their hand when they think they they can see a behavior or pattern or game that they can um, repeat. And it was interesting because a lot of people saw different things. And Mm -hmm. so um, how we come together as a team to start to see the same things. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. 
I love all this different advice that I'm getting. I, I feel like we could talk for ages, but we we have reached <laughs> the end of the episode. Uh, so we should create something together now. And an idea that I have, and if you have a better idea, that's fine. We can do that. But I'm curious about character creation and what your process is with that. So can you walk us through how you try to develop a character? That is a great question. Um, yeah, I can try. Um, okay, so for me, whatever, when I'm working on characters or sketch, um, it's really difficult for me to to come up with something funny. I have to think about what I thought was funny before, mm-hmm. what has stuck out to me uh, before in life. And I think that's true for a lot of uh, people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I definitely look into the world. Uh, like, what have I laughed at? What has somebody laughed out loud that I've said, or a scenario that made everybody laugh? Um, and with characters, it that works too. That's mainly with sketch. Um, but with characters, I try to think about people that I don't like very much. Oh, interesting. And um, play, yeah, play. Sunday, like I wrote this um, character called the Tramp Stamp, and I just play a Tramp Stamp, and I sing um, "Turn Around," that '80s song, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I can't even remember Bonnie Taylor. I think um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might be wrong. Anyway, uh, sings the song. Anyway, and it's about this girl who's like, "Come on, on you like to party? Um, don't forget about me," you know. You know, just because you're in your 40s doesn't mean you don't need a tramp stamp anymore. Um, <laughs> but I'm basically like this party girl. And I don't hate party girls, but I've never been uh-huh. one. Right, I like get you. Like, it's a tramp stamp that's like, come on, take off your shirt, wet t-shirt contest, woo, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's fun to write from those, from those places and then try to, um, in a way, love those people. In a weird way, because you can't just write a hate character and be like, "Is that's (laughs) not going to be funny?" If I'm just going out there making fun of someone, I have to be her. And so this girl that I create, I actually love her, and she's like, "Come on, let's party, let's party like it's 2004." You know, like um, used to be young. And wild, like Britney Spears, but now you're old and confused, like Britney Spears. Come on. You know, like this fun girl who loves Britney Spears, which I never liked Britney Spears. I don't like any pop music, frankly. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like playing this girl who does and pointing out what I find funny about about uh, about her. So it's weird. I, I play a lot of, um, I write from that place a lot. That's interesting. I haven't heard it described that way. Um, it's similar, but not the same as, you know, what's something that got an emotional reaction from you, which is a good place to start. But saying, like, who's the type of person you don't like, that will really bring up a lot of emotional ideas that you can really yeah. jump jump off from and, and be passionate about. It's It's interesting, and it's not always... And that's not true for all my characters, because I also have characters that I 
um, that I like because they're allowed. Like I have an old lady, obviously, if you want to be an old person and kind of allowed to say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And it's like an old lady on Halloween or whatever, um, <laughs> telling kids like the, what's really scary in the world. I mean, it's pretty a cliche idea, but it's a really fun, sharp character that I used for JFL. Uh, I got a call back with it, didn't get JFL. But anyway, um, she gets to say whatever she wants, and she gets, she, and this character gets to go as dark as she wants. So yeah. it's also fun to find places like where can I get away with this? If I want to say something about how the world is cruel to women or old people or the world is cruel to children in a, in a really sort of drastic way um, and make it be funny, then let's put it in an old lady that's just like, oh, you know, oh, getting, being a sex slave, being a sex slave, well, that's just like in my day, we just called that being a niece, you know, something <laughs> oh, terrible. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, I that is something I've seen a lot in, like, it's sketch shows where, well, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's that type of person, and we know what they're like. And so yeah. they, you you can get away as a comedian with writing that si- sort of dialogue because you're automatically setting it up as, they, this person doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and so if you have those ideas, sometimes you can either, either they're inspired by a character or you can think about, like, who's going to get away with this? Mm-hmm. Who can I, if I want to, if I want to say this or talk about this, um, who's going to get away with it? <laughs> and so that's another, another way to come, to come at characters. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many different kinds. I've written so many different, different types of, of characters. Some are more like emotional. Like I have a mom that's crying just because mm-hmm. she had to tell her kids that Santa isn't real and she's acting like a kid while trying to apologize about that. Um, and that's just like an emotional a piece where it's just fun to watch her break down. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's more gamey um, pieces too. Um, more slice of life too. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's fun. Like obviously the tramp stamp is not a slice of life, but um, girl getting dumped it's like a slice of life, but mm-hmm. you can like go through what, what's funny about those that scenario, um, which is just going to be more slice of life jokes, and that's kind of fun to get into. Um, so, too. so my take back is like three approaches that people can take in writing a character is uh, think of a type of person you hate or a type yeah. of person that'll allow you to say whatever or an emotional start. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, oh yeah, it is. those are huge. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Phoebe. <laughs> You're very welcome. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. So great having her. She is great people. You can check her stuff out on phoebetires.com. And you can also follow her on social media. She's on Instagram and Twitter at Phoebe Tires. And don't forget to check out Magnet's Twitch page. We're doing shows. Uh, Justine and I are doing shows. Girlfriend or show. Uh, we're doing our team shows, and uh, the theater is doing a bunch of really awesome shows. That's twitch.tv slash the magnet theater. And uh, throw uh, some money into the virtual hat if you can. Links in bio. Also, tomorrow, be on the lookout on thereitispod.com. We're going to have a blog up for every comedy festival you can submit to in the month of April. Okay, folks, be safe out there. Until next time, be good to each other.
The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 